What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 19, 2021, and we have some news relevant to the Chicago Cubs for the first time since late August, early September. Um, you know, for, for the longest, we've been talking about the future of the Bulls, uh, the Blackhawks, and, you know, the Chicago Sky going to the WNBA Finals and winning a championship, Justin Fields starting for the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy's issues, and, and, and so much more. Um, but we haven't been talking, and we, we even talked about the Chicago White Sox a shit ton. We talked about them more than anything, strictly based off the fact that they were in the playoffs and they made it to October baseball. Um, so we really just haven't talked cups. You know, we're not really in that much of a different space. We're not really talking about anything different. Um, what, what I'm curious about, you know, with what we're going to be talking about today is what this means moving forward, the decisions that are going to be made this offseason and how this is going to change everything. Because we do have some somewhat breaking news out of the Chicago Cubs, uh, out of the Chicago Cubs front office is Carter Hawkins has been hired as the general manager of the Chicago Cubs. He is now going to be replacing Jed Hoyer, who took over the job as the president um, after Theo Epstein stepped down. And now... We have Carter Hawkins, and, and if you don't know anything about Carter Hawkins, I can fill you in, and we're going to have that conversation, um, but basically today, I'm going to be talking about why this is huge and why I feel like this is the best situation that the Cubs could be in right now, because going into it with just Jed Hoyer for the long run just wasn't going to cut it. You need someone else in there who can make good decisions and counter your you know questionable decisions. I think Theo Epstein had an issue with that. I feel like maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe Jed was a part of it, but we, we do have a lot of questionable contracts, like a U Darvish contract, a Tyler Chatwood contract, trading for Jose Quintana, overpaying for Jose Quintana, um, and others. You know, we, we, we just have to have that conversation. Descalso, don't even get me started on Descalso. Um, but, you know, we definitely have to have that conversation, and we definitely need to be able to, you know, criticize them fairly for what they did. Now, Theo Epstein will always be one of the best presidents in all of baseball of all time. You know, you broke the curse in Boston and had consistent runs with them. You had you broke the curse in Chicago for the Cubs. Um and and you and you broke the curse and and, and that's, that's just that's just, you know, that's just his legacy. That's just his legacy. He goes to teams, he tears it down and then he brings you all the way to the top. But the problem is his consistency. Keeping consistency is Theo Epstein's biggest problem. One of his, one of his most famous quotes, um, this is just me paraphrasing, of course, is that he doesn't like to be anywhere for more than 10 years. And, and I feel like, personally, that's because he, he was too attached to the players that he had. Um, and, and he doesn't like, you know, tearing things down twice. You know what I mean? Because think about it. So you win a championship and you, you start off in 2012, 2011, something along those lines um, with, with Theo Epstein coming to the Cubs. And then you, you're by, by 2015, you know, you're making the playoffs. 2016, you win a World Series. 17, 18, 19, 20, not great. Um, you know, so, you know, you still make the playoffs, but you're not consistently winning championships. You are not a dynasty. And that's exactly what Theo Epstein has had issues doing throughout his entire career. Um, so I do like Jed Hoyer stepping in. I like Jed Hoyer's move so far. I feel like the amount of prospects we've gotten back are the best haul, hauls that we've gotten in a very long time. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be like we didn't get back any Jake Arrieta-esque guys, but it's definitely possible that a lot of these guys do pan out and a lot of them do have a really high ceiling. Like, you know, Pete, Pete Crow Armstrong and, and, and Nick Madrigal and so many others, um, just to name a couple. But, you know, I'm really excited about it. And then on top of that, we have our own. So 
I'm really excited for what Jed's brought to this team, but we're not talking about Theo and we're not talking about Jed. We're going to be talking about what does Carter Hawkins do? Now, Carter Hawkins spent the majority of his career in, in the Major League Baseball with what is now known as the Cleveland Guardians, but at the time was the Cleveland Indians. And we actually faced him um, in the World Series. And he actually, in his interview, in his press conference with the Cubs, actually spoke on that and said, you know, a, a big part of, you know, why he wanted to be a part of this organization was because of the fan base. And, you know, he was on the team bus and, you know, they're riding out after the World Series. I believe it was like game five or something. Um, and he said we were driving out and, and, and all the fans were out uh, running through Wrigleyville um, and just chanting, go Cubs, go, go Cubs, go, let's go Cubs. Um, you know, so he said at the time it was very annoying. But looking back on it, it showed how much this fan base truly does love this organization, truly does love this team and their players. Um, and, and that was a that was a part of why he wanted to come to the Cubs. I also feel like there's a lot to work with with this Cubs team. There's a lot he can do and there's a lot he can offer. But um, to get into his career, in 2008, Hawkins uh, joined the Cleveland Indians, with who are now known as the Cleveland Guardians. Um, he, they joined their baseball team as an advanced scouting intern. An intern. This guy went from an intern to an assistant general manager for this organization. That is making it. That is someone who has, you know, been a part of it before. This isn't some random guy. You know, he's been a scout. He knows what it's like to observate talent and and compare talent to other guys that are, whether they're international talent or whether they're, you know, from small towns or, or small schools, he's he has that ability to judge that. So I do trust in that. And I, I've heard a lot of White Sox fans that I'm friends with tell me that they hate him for that specific reason. He can hit on someone nobody else is looking at. So I'm really excited about that. I feel like that's kind of where Jed lacks, um, you know, especially with, you know, Jed being a part of it. Jed was definitely a part of that, you know, Eloy Jimenez doing cease trade with, for Jose Quintana. And, and I think, you know, having Hawkins there, he might be one to say, you know, I understand we're in a need to, to do something right now. You know, we are obviously with John Lackey, you know, not performing to high standard um, and, and Jason Hamill not being able to be that number three, number four guy. You need that. You know, you can't just have John Lester, Jake Arrieta and Kyle Hendricks to run it back. You need a deep uh, roster to be able to compete. So, to me, I think, you know, at the same time, you also need to look at the future. You can't be like Theo Epstein and be like, well, fuck it. You know, we don't need Eloy right now. We don't need Cease right now. They don't fit our timetable. Whereas Hawkins is one of those guys, and I feel like Jed kind of is one of those guys. He really showed that by trading the core, um, by trading the majority of the players in general, um, that we need to be that and we need to maintain consistency and we need to bring in more prospects. Our prospects are nice right now. Um, but you know what I mean? They don't all pan out. So as many prospects as you can have, you should have. Um, and and that, that's also trade bait for later. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to wait for every single one of these guys to come up. And once they start succeeding, if you don't think they have a role on your team yet, you trade them away. You trade them away and, and you get great young talent back, not Jose Quintana type guys who are still questionable or have X's and O's and question marks about them. Um, but that's why I really like Hawkins. But yeah, you know, um, he took a full-time role as a scout for the organization in 2009. Hawkins was named the team's assistant director of the role of player development in 2010 and the director of player development in 2015. He was named the Indians assistant general manager in 2016 when they did go to the World Series and won an uh, American League pennant. So, you know, he, he has been around for a very long time and he has been doing this for 
over a decade. He's been involved with the MLB. He's been doing these things. Um, you know, he does have ties with Chicago because we beat him in a World Series. And he understands what it's like to be um, around a Wrigley Field atmosphere. He said he's only been to Wrigley Field for games a few times throughout his, you know, time. Um, but the times that he did, he understood the magnitude of it and, and what Cubs fans brought to the conversation and what, what we brought to the table as a fan base and how we support, how we support and how we rally for our guys. Um, so, so I definitely do think that it's a really interesting, you know, signing and I, I, I'm really excited about it personally. You know, we talk about it a lot. And also, if, I'm sorry not to get off track. Um, if I sound different today, I was at a wedding. Um, I keep saying this in every single one of my videos. My voice is kind of gone. Um, so bear with me. But um, I know I sound a little bit different. I sound like a kid. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, but to get back to the point, I'm really looking at it from this perspective right now is this was a long-term decision. You know what I mean? Like, questionable right now is David Ross. David Ross is one of those guys you really don't know if he's going to be here for the future. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely here for now. He's definitely here for next season. And I wouldn't make a move right now, but it, it really does depend on the next couple of seasons whether or not I think um, David Ross should be here long term. I love David. I love what he brings to the table. I love his relationships with the Cubs and the history and, and everything he did for us to win that 2016 World Series. Um, he's an amazing leader. He's an amazing individual. Um, you know what I mean? But I, I definitely just feel like, you know, it, it really all comes down to how well this guy can manage in games. And he hasn't done anything. That's not me saying that he's made bad calls. Um, that's just me saying I completely understand that the roster was gutted. And I understand that you 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 didn't have a lot to do with that. But I also understand that, you know, even before all these guys were traded, the Cubs lost 12 straight games when you had the core, when you had Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Contreras, you know, so on and so forth, Jock Peterson and all of them. Um, you know, you had these guys. You had them. Um, you no-hit the Dodgers. You know what I mean? You win 10-plus games straight, and then you lose 12 games straight. You lost 12 games straight more than once this year. So I, I understand that one of those 12 games were – you know, a, a destroyed roster, but you also look at Frank Schwindel and him batting over 300 consistently. You know, you look at Patrick Wisdom being a rookie of the year candidate, batting a high level, a high batting percentage. I actually think, didn't he break the home run total for the most ever by a rookie um, in the Cubs organization? Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, I understand that you didn't have the greatest roster, but when Kyle Hendricks is on the mound, I expect to win that game based off of your decision-making. And I think, you know, they're, they're, it's definitely unfair. It's definitely unfair, but that's the game. That's the game. You're here to win. Aaron Boom today was extended by the New York Yankees, which I think is fucking insane. It's fucking insane. I don't understand how he got extended. There has to be something I'm not seeing, something I'm not comprehending, um, because that's just a fucking awful decision to me. I think he makes zero adjustments. He makes all of the wrong calls. Um... I honestly think if we're talking about the New York Yankees, I think you pick one or two guys, Garrett Cole obviously having to be one of those guys because no one's taking that huge contract. Um, and, and somebody else, you know, maybe a Gliber Torres or maybe someone along those lines, and you build around them and you trade everybody else for prospects that, like the Cubs did. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, you, you can make the playoffs consistently. That's cool. Um, but you, you need, especially when you've won 27 championships, 
your standard isn't let's make the playoffs. It's it's without a and and struggle to make the playoffs all year long every year. You know, it's always a dogfight. You know, you have the Boston Red Sox right now that are one win away or uh, one or two wins away from winning winning an AL pennant after after being in a dogfight to even make the playoffs and make the wild card. So, I'm looking at it from that perspective. I'm looking at it as you need somebody right now that, that's going to be long-term. And Hawkins is long-term to me. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's where I was going with that. You don't know what you have in Ross. You definitely know Jed is, the Jed is there to stay. Um, the Ricketts aren't selling anytime soon for everybody that keeps saying that. They're not selling. They just built a fucking hotel. They own half a mile of the place, you know, um, outside of Wrigley Field. So if that's what you were hoping for, it's definitely not possible. Now, David Ross, if you have problems with David Ross, that's definitely a conversation we can entertain. Um, but I don't think it's a conversation we even need to have for at least a year or two. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's just my take. Hawkins is definitely here for the future. Hawkins is definitely one of those guys that, you know, if Jed doesn't work out, he can definitely, you know, succeed him and, and, and be that number one general manager at some point in time. So that's, that's, way, in the, that's way, way in the future, though. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what him and Jed have to do with each other. I think this free agency is huge. I think these are when the signings need to happen the most. Um, you know, we're talking right now. Let's have a conversation about it. We have, you know, there, there is no, there is no salary cap in baseball. Let's be real. You know, it's the luxury tax or you go, you're under it. And and that's just point blank period. But here's my thing. My thing right now to me in my eyes is you need to sign two max contracts. Two max contracts without a doubt. Um, MLB free agency is coming up. We're going to have a conversation about that right now. Um, but, but why do I say that? Because you didn't keep Chris Bryant. You didn't keep Anthony Rizzo. You traded Jock Peterson. You didn't keep Javier Baez. Um, so you didn't keep Craig Kimbrell either. You know, you traded everybody. You traded you Darvish. You traded Kyle or you cut Kyle Schwarber. You're, I'm looking at it from this perspective right now that Without a doubt, I'm excited to see Brennan Davis. I'm excited to see Patrick Wisdom next year and Frank Swindell. And I'm excited to see Justin Steele in year two and so many other young players of this team. And we still have Kyle Hendricks and we still have a couple decent relievers. Um, but, you know, Braylon Marquez is on the move and hopefully he'll be up. We have, you know, um, Nick Madrigal that'll be here, you know, being that 300 hitter every single year, 300 plus hitter. Um, I'm really excited about him as well, but I'm looking at it from a perspective right now is, you know, financially, you don't have a lot of guys on the books. It's Kyle Hendricks and Jason Hayward. And other than that, you know, obviously you have to have a conversation. Are you going to resign Willis Contreras or not? Um, but you know, obviously, you know, there's still, there's the case is still open on that. And and they have no idea because you have Miguel Amaya and you have a couple other guys in the minors that you're kind of looking at. Um, you're trying to, you're trying to see what you have in them before you really throw something at Willie. Um, even though I think Willie's earned it and Willie deserves it. I, I definitely think, you know, it's, it's definitely up in the air. It's definitely up in the air, especially, you know, they say he's the leader of this team, but if Brennan Davis comes up and he's the next Chris Bryant, you know, to not, you know, um, from a production standpoint, but from more of, you know, what he brings to the team and what the future lies with him being the face of the Cubs. I, I definitely think there's a question there. Is it Willie or is it Brennan? Or, you know, that's unfair pressure to put on Brennan, but it's definitely a conversation. It's definitely something to look at because, you know, Wilson Contreras has had problems staying healthy every single year, pretty much. You know what I mean? So it's usually around mid-July, 
uh, early August is when he gets banged up. You know, he definitely needs to focus on that, and he definitely needs to have a conversation with himself, um, I feel like, because it's, it's stupid shit, and it's stupid injuries that happen. Um, it's nothing that he can control, but I feel like, um, you know, these groin injuries or these hamstring injuries, you know, it, it, it's all a repetition of how you work out and how you take care of your body and what you put into your body and what you need to do to be successful. Um, so I definitely think, you know, I'm not bullshitting and saying, you know, oh, well, he needs to stop tearing his hamstring. Like, it's a stupid and ignorant comment. Like, it just happens. It's a freak accident. And sometimes if it doesn't fully heal, it, it, it's, it's reoccurring. I've been there. I had to deal with a hamstring injury from basketball for, for probably from like 2019 to 2020. And the only reason it healed was because the gyms closed um, and I couldn't work out anymore like that. So I'm looking at it from that perspective, though. You're, you have not, don't have a lot of people on this contract or, or on these books. So other than Jason Hayward, who I, I'm so questionable on what's going to happen to Jason Hayward. I really don't know. Um, he had a really, really bad year. Um, another one. And, and you have a lot of guys coming up. And it's one of those things where I'm looking at it right now as, you know, is it better if we just cut our losses? Because we can afford to cut our losses right now by cutting Jason Hayward. Or... Do we let him mentor Brennan Davis, Ian Happ, Pete Crow Armstrong, and a couple other guys via bench? But are you willing to pay somebody to be on the bench that long? It's a, it's a whole conversation. We can have this conversation another day. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of guys in free agency. Trevor Story, you know, Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, all in free agency. Um, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw. You know, Justin Verlander, there's a lot of guys that are available right now. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people don't want it and a lot of people would be skeptical of it. But if his case clears, you know, Trevor Bauer's out there as well. Trevor Bauer's out there. Um, he's not somebody I'd want to bring in personally, but it's definitely, you know, for rebuilding type teams, they could get him for a steal. The Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles, if his case clears and he has proven not guilty or the charges are dropped, the Baltimore Orioles' rebuild or the Tigers' rebuild could instantly get advanced a year or two early just by bringing in an ace on a cheap deal like that because um, it relatively probably would be a cheap deal. Um, there's no way he demands that much money. Um, you know what I mean? So I'm looking at it from that perspective. I'm looking at it from those side of things. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited for Hawkins and what he brings to the future and not only developing these players, which I think – um, is, is something we've, we've, we've kind of messed up throughout the years because you bring up Ian Happ a little bit early just to rush it, and then you bring up you know David Bodie and a couple other guys that really weren't ready to be in the big leagues at a consistent level. Um, and, and, I'm, and even Greg Dykeman, I, I, I noticed that. I love Greg. Greg's an amazing individual. Um, but you know what I mean? Like I felt like you kind of threw him out there and then took him back very quickly just to fill a couple roster spots. And that's not something you should do. You shouldn't give and take people positions and you should just let them continue to develop because that, that messes up their routine. That messes up what they're trying to do. And I can't speak for Greg, um, but that's something I truly do believe. That's something I truly do feel. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of things that I think we need to do better and that we need to do at a, a more effective rate. Um, and I think Hawkins brings that. It's also a rate of not giving up on guys as early as we have, not trading them away just to make things work for our current roster. You know what I mean? The bigger picture is always maintaining success and maintaining consistency um, from the minor league perspective. Like I felt like the biggest flaw of the Cubs was once, you know, Schwarber, Russell, Bryant, Baez and all of them came up. 
we really didn't have, you know, much to do with in, in the minors. You know, you had Gleyber Torres, you had Eloy, you had Cease. Um, you traded the three of them away and, and, and you banked on Hat becoming this international superstar. Um, and, and he just hasn't been that. And, and I'm looking at it. And, and that's no fault of Hat. That's, that's false expectations that you put on someone to, to completely change and be another face of the franchise when that typically hasn't been him throughout his entire career. You know, he wasn't drafted to be the next Chris Bryant. He wasn't drafted to be the next top guy. Um, but you traded them away. And then you break ties with guys like, you know, Addison Russell and Kyle Schwarber. And you trade away the core and Rizzo Bryant-Baez. And really, all you left was Wilson Contreras. So I think by bringing in Hawkins, um, and, and that's no shot at Jed Hoyer. He had to do what he had to do. But Theo definitely put him in that situation by not getting this stuff done earlier. Um, that now you look at Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn has done an amazing job with the White Sox and has the majority of their core locked up until 2028. Um, you know, on cheap deals as well. So it, it's not, it, it's not like they're getting paid the majority of the league. You know what I mean? They're not. They still can go after top free agents this year. They have no problem doing that. Especially, you know, even after bringing in Craig Krimble, even after bringing in Liam Hendricks and Dallas Keuchel, who made eighteen million dollars this year and wasn't even on the playoff roster, um, who they'll probably cut. So that adds even more money. Um, I I just truly feel like you look at it from that perspective. And the biggest thing with Rick Hahn. Um, you know, he, he definitely puts it in those contracts that you can get voided. And, and after the X amount of years, we can cut you um, and, and we won't have to pay you the amount of money that we promised. There is no guaranteed money, um, you know, kind of stuff like that, like especially with Dallas. I mean, they can cut him at the end of this season, you know, and, and just part ways with him. But the Cubs are stuck with Jason Hayward. That's just the contract that Theo Epstein signed. And granted, at the time, it seemed like a good idea. He was consistently batting 280s, 290s, being one of the best gold glovers um, and one of the best right fielders in all of baseball. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you need to be, you need to look out for that in those eight-plus-year deals. Like, it's no question about it. You see it with Trout. You see it with uh, Machado. You see it with Harper. You know, these are very long-term deals. And then you have a year with Mike Trout where he's injured the most of it. Um, and at the end of the day, he's the greatest player of all time, um, in my opinion. So you can't really be too upset about it because you know he's going to come back and be better than ever. But it's definitely something you're just like, damn, like that's a lot of money just to be sitting there. Um, you know, and as, and as Chicago fans, we completely understand that. We remember the Derrick Rose days after his big deal of um, him being injured and the Jay Cutler days of him being injured and making all that money or just not wanting to play. Um, you know, so... It's definitely something where you're looking at it and you're going like, damn, you know, with Dallas Keuchel, you know, you pay him a shit ton of money. He's not there to play. Jason Hayward, shit ton of money, not there to play. Um, so Brent Seabrook for the Blackhawks. You love Brent Seabrook. We all love Brent Seabrook. He's a multi-Stanley Cup champion. Um, so, you know, he'll always be a hero for this city. But that long contract, you know, <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't trade that man away. You couldn't. And, and it's just the simple fact that he had to retire early just to save this team and to save his body. And there were a lot of factors that went into it, but thank God he did because we were stuck with that. And, and it's a long-term deal with no opt-outs. And I think Hawkins brings that to the table. I truly do think he's an intelligent individual. I'm not saying he's smarter than Jed, and I'm not saying that Jed is incompetent of his job, but I think it's definitely another brain in the room where Jed doesn't have to feed off himself all the time. I definitely think they could feed off each other, and this can be a really productive unit, and this can be a really well-ran organization, especially with how good Joe, uh, 
not Joe, pardon me, uh, with David Ross has been, he's been very, you know, vocal about, you know, him wanting to understand what's going on throughout the organization and him wanting an understanding of what his roster is going to look like. They they were very transparent, I feel like. They were very transparent. They even took into account where Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez wanted to go. You know what I mean? Like, they could have sent them anywhere. They could have sent them to the worst teams in the league. But they gave, you know, Chris Bryant an opportunity to win a championship. They gave Javier Baez an opportunity to play with his best friend in Francisco Lindor. And they gave Anthony Rizzo a a chance to win a championship with the Yankees. You know, Yankees, Giants, and Francisco Lindor because the Mets are awful. But, um... It's it's definitely it's definitely a well-ran organization because of that. I feel like you know we could have got better prospects somewhere else, um, and I completely understand that. But that looks good for free agency on our part. That makes other players want to want to say, hey, you know, they did that for them when they felt like they you know didn't want to resign or they didn't want to be a part of the team anymore um, for the future at least, not currently, but at that time being. But they did that, so I'd want to play there. And Brigley Field and the atmosphere and the history, and, and, and that's, that, that's really what brings it to the table. Guys like Carlos Correa, who, you know, are getting booed out of Houston. Other guys as well. Trevor Story, who hates, you know, how the organization has treated him in Colorado. You know, you also look at it from the perspective of because we did that for them, there still is that chance that Chris Bryant might say, well, you know what? You gave me an opportunity to succeed. If you throw me out a blank check or you throw me out the check that I'm most interested in signing, I'll come back. Or you look at a Baez or, or a Rizzo, and, and, and maybe they'll come back. You know what I mean? You don't know. Um, but anyways, to cap it, recap it all, um, I, think, I think Carter Hawkins is an amazing signing to be uh, general manager of this team. You know, obviously, president of operations is going to be Jed Hoyer. Um, owner Tom Ricketts and David Ross, for the, for the time being, is still um, you know, your manager and still your coach. Um, so I, I love that. I love everything we're building. I love everything we have. I think this is definitely going to instill our quote-unquote rebuild slash retool um, even sooner. I'd say you could wipe off at least two years now um, just by getting Carter Hawkins and Joe Hoyer in the same room because those two are geniuses. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to the future of the, uh, the Cubs. I almost said the Bulls, but because, you know, the NBA is back tonight, baby, and we're going to have a video about that coming out soon as well about the Bulls, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, the Lakers, you know, Clay Thompson, and so much more. Um, but with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Go Cubs.